From Double Day to Current Day, this is Vintage Baseball Rewind. Today's show is about December 1st. As of 2022, there have been 94 Major League Baseball players who were born, 46 Major League Baseball players who passed away, and over 80 special events on this special day. And here are five things that every baseball fan should know about December 1st. I'm Tom Hannon, I'm your host. I'm from TomsVintageBaseball.com, and we love to get this podcast going with some trivia. On April 6, 1973, the DH was born when Ron Bloomberg came to bat versus the Red Sox. But in what year was the DH officially proposed? Or I should say a form of the DH officially proposed. The answer later. December 1st, 1911. Future Hall of Fame member Walter Alston is born in Venice, Ohio. He's the son of a farmer who had once played semi-pro baseball. Walter played baseball at down on December 1st, 1911. Future Hall of Famer Walter Alston is born in Venice, Ohio. He's the son of a farmer who had once played semi-pro baseball. Uh, Walter played baseball in high school, where a speedy fastball earned him the nickname Smokey. After high school, uh, the lanky Alston attended Miami University in Ohio, where he majored in industrial arts and physical education. He graduated in 1935, and he did star on their baseball and basketball squads. His parents earning a modest income during the Great Depression, Alston relied on his wits to meet his college tuition. He played pool in local taverns and pool halls, winning money to pay for his classes and books. Although Alston will come to bat only once during a brief major league career, he will have a fog greater longevity as a manager of the Brooklyn and Los Angeles Dodgers from 1954 to 1976, and he will be inducted into Baseball's Hall of Fame in 1983. December 1st, 1948 was another birth. George Foster is born in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Foster had toiled around for several seasons before getting a real full-time opportunity to play with the Reds. And once he did, he became a 300 hitter. Uh, the quick-wristed slugger led the major leagues with 121 RBIs in his first full season. Foster used his trademark black bat to launch 52 home runs and drive in 49 runs for the big red machine. He eventually led the major leagues in RBIs three consecutive seasons while hitting at or near 300. He had 10 seasons of 20 or more home runs, and he ended up retiring with 348 home runs on his ledger. December 1st, 1956, outfielder Frank Robinson of the Cincinnati Reds is the unanimously voted National League Rookie of the Year. In the American League, Chicago White Sox shortstop Louis Aparicio is voted as the Rookie of the Year when he picked up 22 points, beating out Baltimore's Tito Francona and Rocky Colavito for the Indians. Robinson, who was not on the team's roster in spring training, made his debut on April 17th. He would hit his first home run on April 28th in his 38th and final home run of the season on September 11th, 138 games into the season. The 21-year-old rookie was the National League's all-star left fielder, and his 38 home runs tied Wally Berger's 1930 record for the most home runs by a rookie. Little bit of transaction here on December 1st, 1965. The Kansas City A's reacquire minor league outfielder Joe Rudy from the Cleveland Indians. The Indians had selected Rudy as a first year waiver pick in May. 
The A's got the outfielder back from Cleveland when the team traded Jim Landis and another player to the Indians in return for their 19-year-old highly touted prospect, along with backup catcher Phil Roof. The future Golden Glove left fielder will play a key role for the world championship teams during the 1970s in Oakland. Before we get to the trivia, just a quick word about Tom's Vintage Baseball. We like to say baseball is the only game you can watch on the radio. Tom's Vintage Baseball is all about the voices of the game, announcers, game highlights, and interviews. You know, we highlighted Walter Alston earlier, managing the Dodgers for over 20 seasons, which included the 1955 World Series, which you can listen to. You can also listen to several other Brooklyn Dodger games, including the last game ever played at Ebbets Field, and of course, many games for the Dodgers in the 1960s, uh, when Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale led the way to multiple championships. You know, Joe Rudy started in the 72-73 World Series that we have multiple um, recordings for, so you can listen to those games as well. And Frank Robinson, there are numerous games. Uh, you can listen to the 61, 66, 69, 70 World Series. Um, there's over 300 total games right now from the 30s to the 70s, hundreds of interviews and game, game highlights. It's really easy. You try it out for free, see if you like it. You can download a score sheet, score the game as you're listening to. And if you like, if you're into technology and just want to take the game on a walk with you or a run or to do chores, you can do that as well because we have an iPhone and Android app. Visit TomsVintageBaseball.com. Now let's finish up that trivia. You know, when you talk to EH, some people think it's a new thing. They think it really just happened to be a be something a rule change of the 60s but that's not really what happened um, it surprised me a bit when i first researched this subject myself but the dh talk actually started 16 years into baseball's official history the seeds were sown in 1887 when rule changes permitted substitutes in games were explored it would appear the lords of baseball were hesitant to tinker what they felt was the very foundation of the game which was a nine verse nine game this resistance to change became the way of the game of baseball, but that didn't stop baseball executives from proposing changes. Just four years later, the following appeared in Sporting Life, uh, when Al Spaulding agreed that pitchers should be exempt from batting. We came very near making it a rule to exempt the pitcher from batting in a game under a resolution which permitted such exemption when the captain of the team notified the umpire of such desire prior to the beginning of the game. And there were 12 teams at the time, and the vote was 7-5 against. But it almost happened. Then again, it almost happened on December 1st in 1928, when National League President John Hadler becomes the first person to propose a baseball rule change calling for a 10th man, or again, the designated hitter, to bat in place of the pitcher. The National League will actually vote in favor of the proposal, but the American League will eventually turn it down. The conversation will get reviewed again before World War II, but will mostly get shelled until the 1960s when baseball was offensive starved. So that's it for today. And as a reminder, the best place to find me is at TomsVintageBaseball.com. Like I said, you can join for free. Hit me up with the chat. I'd love to hear your baseball stories. And I really do appreciate you listening to the podcast, Vintage Baseball Rewind. And please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit TomsVintageBaseball.com where you can find so much more resources, um, more episodes, and more baseball history. And again, until next time, we'll see you at the ballpark. <laughs>